Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. And I'm trying something crazy and I'm doing live video on Twitter and YouTube. So, hey, maybe this will work and maybe I can expand my viewership. I don't know. It's all good. So, it is a new year, kicking off 2022 with a swift kick in my own ass. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it has already been a whole world of crazy. And you know what? I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, so far, what we're going to look at, this, look at in this episode, oh my gosh, the Jim Beam is not working and not keeping my tongue from tying itself. But, you know, came out this week, Tom Cotton, he had said some things about, you know, Jokar Sarniev. You know, the Boston Marathon bomber, he would get, uh, he would get a stimulus check from all the COVID stuff. And WAPO came out and said, ah, really, not going to happen. Yeah, WAPO, you suck at fact checking because fact check, it was true. Um. Also, the White House has been spending some crazy numbers with uh, the employment numbers and new jobs. Uh, they're not very accurate. And Sonia Sotomayor, and well as several of her more liberal counterparts on the Supreme Court, <laughs> they, have, they have been earning themselves some uh, flags on Facebook and Twitter with their crazy COVID misinformation. Before we get into that, though, let's talk some coffee. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, the finest coffee in all of America, American Pride Roasters. Right now, I'm up to my ears in Teddy Roosevelt, possibly one of my favorite flavors, but really, it's all about the on-the-roof blend, Um, made in loving memory of radio host and friend to so many people, Michael Doc Thompson. Um, it's an amazing blend, such great flavors. And, you know, if it wasn't for Doc Thompson, I wouldn't be doing this show. Here it is going into four years after his untimely murder at the hands of Amtrak. But because of Doc Thompson discovering this little company, American Pride Roasters, then out of Des Moines, Iowa, So many people wouldn't know about these great blends of coffee around the country. It is truly astonishing how one man with a voice put this coffee company on the map. And there's more to it than just the on the roof for Teddy Roosevelt blend. These are, you know, are so well sourced that 
they help out so many, so many uh, farmers and coffee growers around the world, Africa, Colombia, Central America, uh, Indonesia. And this is one guy out of Iowa who buys these amazing coffee beans, roasts them to such, I mean, just brings such great flavors to them with his roasting, with the flavors that he adds to it. There's so many different things to talk about, so many different flavors. And the best part is he names so many of them after founders, after great men in American history and great women in American history. Uh, You know, like I said, I have the On the Roof named after our dearly departed Doc Thompson. I have, you know, the Teddy Roosevelt blend. I have so much coffee. I haven't even gotten to my Frederick Douglass blend. Did you like peanuts? If you're a fan of peanut butter, there's the George Washington Carver blend. You get that hint of peanut butter. So check out American Pride Roasters in the uh, special instructions when you, you know, go check out. Tell them you heard about through the Relentless Daring podcast. And again, just support a great small business who's going out of his way to support me. American Pride Roasters, APRCoffee.com, historically great coffee. All right, so getting into it, let, let's start with the Washington Post. Because, face it, it's the Washington Post. There, there should be one of the top newspapers in the country. You would think, you know, they know how to journalism. Am I right? I mean, why wouldn't the Washington Post know how to, you know, do some research? Well... Turns out their fact checkers suck at checking facts. Uh, This is out of a legal insurrection. WAPO fact checker admits Tom Cotton was right that Boston Bomber would get COVID stimulus money. This is uh, Mary Chastain again over at legal insurrection. Uh, In March of last year, Senator Tom Cotton slammed the COVID relief package because murderers would receive a $1,400 check. Uh, In a tweet from Tom Cotton, Dylan Roof murdered nine people. He's on federal death row. He'll be getting a $1,400 stimulus check as part of the Democrats' COVID relief bill. Uh, Washington Post Glenn Kessler called out Cotton's hyped-up claims. He tried to make it seem someone like Boston bomber Zhokar Sarniev would not receive a stimulus check. Kessler's article spent more time reminding people that Cotton voted for COVID stimulus packages under Donald Trump. Those packages also did not eliminate murders from check eligibility. But that is not the point. Kessler's supposed job is to fact check. He should have swum through current stimulus bills to prove Cotton wrong. Doesn't matter how Cotton voted in the past. Maybe make a mention of it, but concentrate but to concentrate on, maybe think Kessler knew Cotton was right. Hmm. Also, Cotton's tweet specifically names people on death row like Sarniev and, like I said, Dylan Roof. Oh, but look. Uh, Jokar Sarniev received $1,400 stimulus check. Uh, on Thursday of this week, Kessler backtracked. Kinda. He still get Cotton... One Pinocchio, because Cotton's tweet lacks context, even though it doesn't. 
Uh, Khan primarily received the two Pinocchio rating because his comment lacked context. He suggested that, okay, this is, you know, where they pulled from Kessler trying to walk back his failed fact check. Right. Cotton primarily received the two Pinocchio rating because his comments lacked context. He suggested this problem was the result of something Democrats did when he had previously voted for legislation with the same language that allowed for checks to be issued to prisoners. He also made clear that he intended to weaponize this debate for campaign ads. Still, Cotton's predictive power should be acknowledged. He said the Boston bomber would get a stimulus check, and Sarniev did. Now, if the government is successful, this money will go to victims. So Sarniev still will not keep it. But in retrospect, the use of the phrase scaremongering was inappropriate. Cotton had raised a legitimate issue of concern, even if he framed it in a political way. The term hyped up in the headline went too far as well. Thus, we will reduce the rating on this claim to one Pinocchio, our version of mostly true. His statement still lacks some context, but he was certainly correct that Sarniev would receive a stimulus check. Yeah. When all else fails in a fact check gone wrong, you walk it back mostly. And that's all they did. It, it still leaves leaves in the fact that, you know, the uh, the government still did this. They rushed the stimulus packages through. And, and I, I understand the want to do it. I'm not going to say the need, the want to do it. Because at the time when all this was going down in 2020, and even into 2021 after Joe Biden took office, and he had to mostly follow through on the Fourteen hundred or the two thousand dollars in stimulus money that he promised. Um, there was such a rush to push them through. Even doesn't matter if it was Donald Trump, and I fault Donald Trump for this. I fault Republicans for supporting it because it's just a giveaway of money that we didn't have. Period. However, the fact that no one stopped to go. Ah, uh, should should we rule certain people out? Uh, the inmates really need uh need need stimulus money. Cause no one did it. No one stopped to think. Because this happens all the time. It doesn't matter who is in charge. It doesn't matter who is running the purse. You see. When Republicans are in power, the Democrats, they kvetch. They carry on. They piss and moan about, oh, the Republicans, look at them. They're just spending money like drunken sailors on shore leave. And it gets their side riled up. The Republicans are just wasting all this money, throwing all this money at defense, at waging wars. Which, by the way, if you look at the history of America... The majority of wars that America fought in were started by Democrats. Just want to point that out. However, you know, government, Republicans, oh, they want to spend on this, on this nationalist stuff, blah, 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 blah. And then they get into power, and then they start spending like drunken sailors on shore leave, 
Uh, pretty Princess Steve, who is somewhere overseas right now serving in the Navy. Thank you for your service, number one. Number two, please don't take the drunken sailors on shore leave to heart. I know you're a sober sailor, and when you're on shore leave, you still spend a crap ton of money, but, you know, I would too if I spent all that time on a boat. No judgments. But, again, the Democrats, they get in, they do the same thing, and then the Republicans, they kvetch, and they piss and moan, and, oh, my God, they're spending all this money. We need fiscal responsibility. But no one does it. Oh, we need to take the time to actually read these bills and know what's in them before we vote on them. Okay. Nancy Pelosi, we need to uh, pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. Does, does this ring a bell to anybody? Am I the only one losing my damn mind? And then they turn around and do the same thing. Now, don't get me wrong. In 2020... When all of this happened, Democrats had taken control of the House and the Senate because, you know, two years into the Trump administration, there was the blue wave that really wasn't. It was kind of a historical precedent that happens every time. But I digress. All this talk, oh, the Trump administration spent all this money, blah, 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 blah. And they turn around and do the same thing. Donald Trump signed off on so many bills while complaining and pissing and moaning and kvetching about how the Democrats are spending money and how they're just running the printing presses dry. Okay, if that's the case, um, why are you blessing off on the bills? It, it's like when you told the Democrats with, one of their omnibus bills, I'm only signing this because because we need to keep the government from shutting down. This bill is horrible, horrible bill. But don't do it again. No, don't do it. It's sad. Very sad that you would do this. So sad. But China, China. Okay, you let them back you into a damn corner, Donald Trump. How are you allowing them to back you in the corner? I get it. You don't want the uh, the government shutdown to be on your hands because you vetoed the spending bill. You are the reason why they had to sequester things. But at the same time, if you're the one who is supposed to be the last line of defense against Horrible bills becoming law. If you're the one who's supposed to be the last line of defense against unnecessary spending, and here's a crazy idea to the president. It doesn't matter which party it is. It doesn't matter if it's Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, George Bush, George H.W., but it doesn't freaking matter. Have some damn Principles. I know it's a crazy concept. The idea that, you know what? This isn't right. Because it's not right, I'm going to stand against it. It's a dumb idea. I know. Who does that these days? Who does the right thing? Who has integrity? I don't know. I think I do. Maybe. 
I try. But at the end of the day, there were failures six ways from Sunday. You had Democrats pushing money. They, we got to get this money out. We got to get it out. People, people are starving without this money. Oh, my poor bleeding heart. But at the same time, there was no attempt to find a way to, okay, let's make this targeted. Let's make this means tested. That way we're not just throwing money at people because you know what? The entire pandemic, I've been working. The only time I didn't go to work was when my wife had COVID in October of 2020. It's the only time I didn't go to work. And guess what? They got federal money where I work to cover employees who get quarantined for two weeks due to illness or illness within their home. I was just fine without getting any of the COVID stimulus money. However, there's now um, quite the collection of firearms at the bottom of the Gasconade River because I kept having boating accidents as a result of that money coming in. It's just the damnedest thing. I, I, I can't explain it. And it, it just keeps going. It's like uh, the Biden administration, the Democrats, they, they got to where, oh, well, uh, if you're eligible for the child tax credit, you're going to get a portion of that every month for the next six months, and it's going to expire, blah, 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 blah. And so what do they do with the Build Back Better plan? They keep this spending in the plan because, oh, my gosh, people have become dependent on getting that money every month. <gasps> we can't take it from them. They need it. They, they, they've adjusted their budgets to having this. And people are going to freak out like Clark Griswold on uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation because people depend on the bonus every year. And then you, you get the Joey of the Month Club, and that doesn't pay for all the extravagant gifts that I put onto credit cards. That's what they're doing. They're making it to where the average person now needs this money. And because the average person now needs this money, Oh, no, we can't take it from him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But hopefully that will change. Hopefully they keep standing in the way of build back better, great reset garbage. So that way people do not become stuck having to have this cash coming in every month. But, hey, we have new job numbers. These are great new job numbers. These came in. Uh, yeah, for December, great numbers. The White House bragging about Biden job gains draws social media backlash. Whoops. The U.S. added just 199,000 jobs in December, far below expectation. You think? Social media users on Friday balked at the graphic the White House posted online that claimed President Biden has created more jobs than any other commander-in-chief. No. People who couldn't work because of the pandemic are going back to work. You're not creating new jobs. There are people taking their old jobs back. But 
let's keep that between you and me. Let's let's not let the public as a whole understand what's going on here. Ever, the post boasted, the graphic, which appeared on Twitter, Instagram, and Fache Book, was posted just hours after a disappointing jobs report showed hiring had fallen below expectations in December. <laughs> and, uh, this is articles from Fox News. They have the Bureau of Labor Statistics showing the J- December jobs report, jobs added 199,000. Expected jobs... 400,000. The unemployment rate is 3.9%. The expected unemployment rate is 4.1%. However, uh, you also also have to keep in mind the way they figure unemployment these days has changed in the past 30 years to really kind of fluff the numbers, make them look better than what they are because it doesn't take into account underemployed people. You know, those who just cannot get a job or have decided to remove themselves from the job market altogether. While the numbers from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics appeared to be accurate, the raw data failed to show important context. The talking point that Biden has created more jobs than any other president is a favorite of his, but he isn't factoring in population and labor force growth or the fact that many of the jobs recently gained had been lost during a sharp drop in employment because of coronavirus pandemic. Whoops. Sorry. The economy is still 5 million jobs under peak reached before the pandemic, according to PolitiFact. Oh my gosh, PolitiFact actually throwing a bone to a Republican administration. I'm sure it's backhanded as all hell, but they're throwing a bone nonetheless. Social media users were quick to point out why, point out that many interpreted to be the White House spin. Quote, what world do you guys live in? End quote. One commenter wrote, along with several laughing and clown emojis. (laughs) I'm just happy that they included the fact they used laughing and clown emojis in the tw- in their tweet. <laughs> uh, over here on the live chat for anyone who is on podbean.com listening to the show live, the old knights who say knee, he fresh from sending a king errant off to chop down the largest tree in the forest with a herring, he comments... Missing context that we don't have mean tweets anymore? Am I woking properly yet? I believe so. I believe so. Me. This is a joke, right? Another wrote. A third said, I do have to say one thing about this administration is great at. It's skewing charts and graphs. Who's here for the comments? LOL, another user joked. Another creator or another commenter said, I don't think created means what you think it does. Biden defended the economy under his watch on Friday. Quote, there's been a lot of press coverage about people quitting their jobs, he said from the White House. Well, today's report tells you why. Americans are moving up to better jobs 
this the kind of recovery I promised and, and hoped for for the American people. You know the thing. Come on, man. Not joking. Okay, okay, I added the last couple lines, but it's Biden. He would probably say it anyways, unprompted. While economic experts expected 400,000 new jobs to be added in the last report of the year, it was a dismal 199,000. Still, the unemployment rate remains low because they're, again, skewing the numbers. How you can have the unemployment rate be as low as it is when we still have people who are refusing to work, businesses that are still hiring left and right because they have so many open positions, how they have 3.9% down from 4.2, the lowest since the pandemic began. Uh-huh, right. Labor market has been gaining momentum after the Delta-induced slowdown over the summer, but the latest figure represents the second consecutive month of worse-than-expected growth. Following upwardly revised gains of 249,000 in November, 648,000 in October. The last time job growth was this low was December 2020, when employers cut 306,000 positions. And again, they love to leave out the fact that there are still a crap ton of jobs that have not been filled yet. Like I said, where I work at the place of employment that allows me to afford this horribly, horribly addictive podcast habit, um, we, we're always hiring. There are so many open positions where I work at other, other large employers in my area. And there are people who, even though we're still, Missouri's not giving out, you know, the federal unemployment, you know, boost, which, you know, Larry Kudlow, former economic advisor to Donald Trump, he has pointed out that um, Biden can thank red state jobless benefits crackdown for the pluses in the job reports because that's where these gains are coming from is in states that no longer pay you additional money to stay home. During an appearance on the Ingram angle, Kudlow agreed Friday that President Biden benefited from actions taken in Republican-led red states. You know, those evil states where they want people to go back to work and they just want grannies to die because, you know, COVID will kill them all. (laughs) Uh, Larry Kudlow, former economic advisor to former President Donald Trump, shared his reaction Friday night to the government's jobs report for December, which was released earlier in the day. During an appearance on Ingram Angle, Kudlow agreed with host Laura Ingram's assertion that President Biden largely benefited from actions taken Republican-led states to keep economy on track as the coronavirus pandemic continues. Biden placed his own spin on the data, stressing uh, decline in unemployment. Instead of the fact that new hiring fell far short of expectations. Kudlow issued a warning for the near future, claiming that more spending by Democrats could delay full economic recovery until several years down the road. Uh, This is a quote from Larry Kudlow. 
Those red states ended the excessively generous unemployment benefits three or four months earlier before the federal government did. And many more people returned to work because of that. So I think you're making a good argument that a lot of the pluses in the jobs report today come from those very red states. But you know his contribution here for that $2 trillion package last winter, which former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, Democrat and other Democrats, and I agree, former Trump advisor Kevin Hassert and I agree, that's what triggered the massive inflation. And Joe Biden's hanging tough on this $5 trillion package, which I believe we're going to, I believe we're going to kill the bill. So if left to his own devices, Biden will be a disaster. But we have a problem, Laura. You know why? Interest rates are going to go up. The Federal Reserve is going to have to switch policies to switch policies to much tighter money. That's going to damage the economy. Yes, because once those interest rates start going up, because now the banks and the federal government are trying to pull back in all this money that they that they were using to, you know, get people, you know, from being unemployed or to keep people from going into financial disaster during their unemployment. All this money's out there. It's got to go back in. Unfortunately, the only way to beat inflation is you have to manually contract the money supply. It sucks. I know my life is going to get turned upside down, I'm sure, when all this just kind of goes haywire and they start raising interest rates. Fortunately for me, I'm doing things like that are smart, like paying off debt. I, my house is a fixed rate with a low income <laughs> or with a low interest rate. So when people with those adjustable rates start getting hit left, right, and sideways, I feel so bad for them. I really do. And it's just going to... And when that happens, I honestly... See, think we're going to see the stagflation that hit during the Carter administration. And it's going to suck if Biden were to lose re-election in 2024 and Donald Trump or whoever takes over and they get hit with that and they're the ones who are sitting in the saddle when the stagflation hits and we're having Jimmy Carter part duh. Yeah, If it's Donald Trump, he can only do one term. If it's a different Republican or a different Democrat, yeah, that's going to be a one term for them too because they're going to catch the heat for all of it. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and I will be back right after this. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through, so they have some of the best flavors. Cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. 
ketochow.xyz. Keto made easy. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas? Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. All right, so getting back into things, um, the big thing that really happened this week, aside from all the January 6th, we look back one year ago where a police officer shot an unarmed woman in the neck and killed her. And police officers outside the Capitol beat a woman nearly to death well, I say nearly to death because she succumbed to her injuries and then they tried to cover it up as a drug overdose death. But it was the day that democracy almost died. Well, you know what? I really wish democracy had died. You know why? We're not a freaking democracy. We're a constitutional republic, it. But that's neither here nor there. And I really didn't want to be that pissed off for the entire episode. That's why I didn't cover it. I know. You can thank me later. But I want to talk about something else. Because the OSHA mandates. You know, where if, if you work at a place of employment with more than 100 employees, you will have to uh, uh, putting... Uh, you'll have to be vaccinated or tested weekly, and, and and wear a mask. Well, a a lower court had already put an injunction on the OSHA mandate because, yeah, that's a bit of an overstep there, pal. But the federal government, instead of backing down, um, yeah, they, they're taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. Well, there was a hearing just yesterday, which they still haven't had a ruling on, concerning should the injunction stay in place. Well, frankly, it didn't sound too good. Um, When you have Clarence Thomas, one of the most conservative of conservative stalwarts on the high court, saying that, in times of a pandemic, the federal government has more power. That's kind of... Uh, no, you look like an idiot. Exactly. Um. Anyways, SCOTUS justices spew COVID misinfo to defend Biden's vax mandate. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, members of the Supreme Court should have been having all the Facebook fact checkers lining up to put them in their place because, oh my gosh, what they're saying is not true. It's awful. Why, why would you say these things? But, of course, then again, 
They're all certified by the Pointer Institute, which I've gone into before. They get a lot of uber left dark money, George Soros. And so there's a political ideology that goes into their fact checks, which um, in a in a defamation suit against that's John Stossel levied against one of Facebook's fact checkers. Uh, we're not really just giving facts because facts are disputable. We're giving constitutionally protected uh, opinion. Yeah, opinions. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Totes. And it's... Mind-blowing. Anywho's... Back to the Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments on Friday over the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for private employers, during which several justices made repeated false claims about COVID-19 and the effectiveness of the jab. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, rolled out its emergency temporary standard demanding that private employers with 100 or more employees require vaccinations at the request of the Biden administration late last year. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issued a temporary stay, however, preventing enforcement. Challengers of OSHA stand firm or of the OSHA standard argued on Friday that the agency has no right to force a medical decision on workers. But several justices Push back on this idea using the false narratives about COVID-19 to justify the federal government's vaccine mandate. Justice Elena Kagan. We all remember Elena, that wonderful, wonderful lady from the Obama administration. She suggested that getting the vaccine reduces the spread of COVID-19. A dubious claim that's contested by the rapidly rising numbers of breakthrough cases worldwide. Which, as we we have found out recently, uh, we're 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 thinking about breakthrough cases all wrong. They're 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 not really that that bad. They're not really breakthrough cases. They're so mild it doesn't count. Kagan's opinion is that quote, this is the policy that is most geared to stopping all this. End quote. There's nothing else that will perform that function better than incentivizing people strongly to vaccinate themselves. So, you know, whatever necessary means, whatever grave means, why isn't this necessary and grave? Again, Elena Kagan. We do not contest that, or, oh, I'm sorry, wrong person. Uh, we, do, we do not contest that COVID is a grave danger. Scott Keller, attorney for the National Federation of Independent Business, retorted. But when the power for it to be necessary, an an agency has to consider and explain alternatives. Justice Stephen Breyer, oh yes, you know, Stephen Breyer, who was appointed to be a moderate, who turned out to be a total crazy person. (laughs) Uh, Nice to say knee over here in the live chat. As Bernie would say, uh, breakthrough cases are, are are a good thing, like taxes and and 
you giving me more money and buying my book so I can buy a fifth or sixth lakeside estate in Vermont. Justice Stephen Breyer echoed Kagan's sentiment that the COVID-19 vaccine would prevent the spread of the virus in the workplace. He said that the challenger's argument that hundreds of thousands of people would quit the workforce over forced vaccination, hurting the already struggling U.S. economy, is moot because, quote, more may quit when they discover they have to work together with unvaccinated others because that means they may get the disease, end quote. And more will quit because they'll maybe die. Or maybe they will be in the hospital. Or maybe they'll be sick and have to stay home for two weeks. Oh, my God. I mentioned this earlier, did I not? The ice was home for two weeks because my wife had it? There's a difference between being home for two weeks because you got sick, which now the CDC says, stay home if you test positive, Stay home five days, and if you no longer have symptoms, you can go, you can go back to work, wear a mask, just to be safe. That seems like a reasonable thing. You know, especially if you've been jabbed. If you've been jabbed and you test positive, uh, maybe you'll be asymptomatic. I don't know, but that's not this discussion. That that's a that's a rabbit trail that I'm not going to go down right now because I'm trying to finish the show here, and I guess I tracked so easily. Now, Breyer's, you know, Breyer said that before suggesting that vaccine mandate would eliminate COVID-19 cases in the U.S. Because in places that are more vaccinated than the U.S., for some reason, they still have covid What's really weird because states that have the highest COVID vaccination rates in the U.S. are still having breakouts in high numbers of COVID-19 tests coming back positive. But I, I, I know I'm using my brain. I'm doing critical thinking here, and it's, it's going to kill me. It's going to cause me to have a stroke, but you know what? Sometimes a stroke is worth it. Uh, Phil Kirpin, a journalist, tweeted, I think Breyer just asserted that the OSHA mandate would prevent 100% of daily U.S. COVID cases. Huh. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has admitted that the jab doesn't prevent COVID transmission. Huh. But that didn't stop the justices from continuing to claim that vaccines would stop the spread of the virus. Breyer also repeatedly used rising COVID-19 case numbers due to the number of breakthrough cases after the Omicron variant surfaced to justify keeping OSHA's mandate around. In fact, Breyer claimed there were, quote, 750 million new cases yesterday. Seven hundred fifty million new cases. Despite the U.S. population being less than half that number. Hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, hey. Is, is the same guy feeding numbers to Joe Biden, feeding numbers to Stephen Breyer? Can we, can we get a check on that, Jimmy? All right, thanks. Seriously? 
Do you not think about the words that are going to come out of your mouth that when you are a judge? Do you not think about the words that are coming out of your mouth when you're a politician? When you're a Supreme Court justice? Do you not think about these things because, you know, maybe, just maybe, If you sound like a dumbass when you're in a high position of power and influence, you might not want to continue to be in that high high seat of power and influence if you sound like a dumbass. I'm just saying. I know when I was in the Army, if I came out and I started spouting off Completely wrong numbers on the maximum effective range of an M4A2 carbine. I say that because the M4A2 carbine does not exist. If I start spouting off the wrong maximum effective ranges of weapon systems that we employed as infantry soldiers, do you think anyone's going to listen to me? Yeah, the maximum effective range of the uh, of the five five six M eighty eight ball round on a point target is sixteen bajillion meters. Hey, hey, hey yo, Sard, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right, Sard. I, <laughs> you lose credibility when you spout off numbers that don't make any sense. That anyone can do basic math. Ah, more tweets. Again, Phil Kirpin. I love Phil Kirpin. Breyer and Kagan think case records are because the vaccine aren't mandated yet, not because they don't stop Omicron infections. These people live in a misinformation bubble. Because, yes, as has been noted, Omicron says, you know what? F your vaccine. F your antibodies from prior infection. That's what it does. It doesn't care. Hey, once you get the antibodies for the Omicron, then you're actually better off against the other things because apparently they've been studying this and the Omicron antibodies kill everything else. The the other antibodies don't kill the Omicron. Science. It's trust the science. Breyer keeps, oh, this is again Phil Kirpin. Breyer keeps referring to case records, i.e. the manifest failure of vaccines to reduce Omicron transmission, as a reason to allow mandates. Then we have Justice Sonia Sotomayor. You know, that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. you got to say it three times, just so awesome and amazing and wonderful. Sonia Sotomayor, the woman who said, who compared unborn babies to, quote, dead brain people, end quote. She comes out, she she communicated a similarly false premise in her line of questioning. Quote, catching COVID keeps people out of the workplace for extraordinary periods of time. End quote. Again, my wife had it. She was out of work for 10 days, and then she went back to work. I was out of work for an additional 14 days, or for an additional four days to see if I came down sick with anything. 
didn't keep me out of work for an extraordinary period of time. Are there people who get gravely sick or who have long COVID uh, effects that they have to be out of work for a long time? Yes. Yes, there are. That is that is not debatable. There's a guy I work with. He's one of the uh, one of the carriers that my place of business uses. He is one of the long COVID people. He was out of work for about six months, but again, then again, he's also in his sixties. He ended up in the hospital for ten days. His wife ended up in the hospital for twenty-one days, ten of which was on a ventilator. I'm not saying there are people who don't get seriously sick. There are. But to presume that because the minority of people do get that sick, that they have to miss that much work, to imply that is going to be the case for everyone who gets sick is asinine. Later, she claimed that, quote, Those numbers show that Omicron is as deadly and causes as much serious disease in the unvaccinated as Delta did. End quote. Despite studies showing the newest variant appears to affect people way less severely. Like my daughter. She got the Omicron. She was sick for like three days and she's already ready to get out of this damn house and go back to school next week. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Now, will it be not that bad for everybody? No! I'm not saying that at all. That would be misinformation. That's asserting something that I cannot prove. But the fact of the matter is, for the most part, most people just generally don't get that sick with the Omicron. (sighs) Justice Clarence Thomas was the first justice to oppose the other's lies on COVID-19. There's been some talk, suggestion, or at least it seems to be implied that vaccinations are efficacious and preventing some degree of infection to others. Thomas said, noting that younger people are at lower risk of injury and death from contracting COVID-19. In response to Thomas, Benjamin Flowers, Ohio's Solicitor General, who was challenging the OSHA rule, was the first legal counsel to address the lies that the other justices spewed for more than an hour. And keep in mind, this is like a three and a half, four hour hearing. Quote, vaccines do not appear to be very effective in stopping the spread of transmission, Flowers said. They are effective in stopping severe consequences, and that's why our state strongly urged people to get them. But I think... That makes it very hard to look at the numbers they give and assume they still apply today. The examples, data, and facts did not quell the falsities coming from the left-wing justices such as Sotomayor, who went on to claim that COVID-19 is a, quote, grave risk for people of all ages and conditions, and that unvaccinated people have a potential to hurt themselves and others, including the vaccinated. Wait, if you're vaccinated and I'm not which for the record, I am vaccinated. If you want to get it, go get it. If you don't want to get it, don't go get it. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I just told you what I did. I don't believe in forcing other people to do crap. That's part of that libertarian streak in me. It's just, it is who I is, yo. It is who I is. 
people should be able to make their own decisions, their own choices. If you want the vaccine, get it. No big deal. But don't be losing your minds telling everyone else what they have to do. Don't dictate to them what they should or should not be doing. But I digress. Sean Davis, oh, good old Sean Davis. Well, okay, this is a him. This is a quote tweet that he did. The tweet that he quote tweeted is part of a is th- tweet number fifty five out of a thread from Sean Murata. Sotomayor follows up on that, saying it's not just risk to the unvaccinated people, but the risk to the unvaccinated posed to the vaccinated. Flower says OSHA has conceded that the vaccinated are not at risk, and it has to be consistent with itself. Okay, that is what Sean Morota, or Morata, I, I don't know who is, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Don't, I see you judging me. You stop it. Stop judging me right now. See you. They're sitting, munching on pork rinds, watching this live stream, what, checking this out on YouTube. I see you. I know you're there. I want those pork rinds. Give them to me. Anyways, I digress. Sean Davis If vaccines work, then the vaccinated person can't get the disease from an unvaccinated person, so a mandate is unnecessary. If vaccines don't work, then mandating them is idiotic. I swear we have the dumbest and most ignorant ruling class in history. Thank you, Sean. She, along with Breyer, also bizarrely claimed that hospitals are almost at full capacity, which, have you seen the business model of a hospital? The business model of a hospital is to remain at almost full capacity. Patients in bed mean money coming into the hospital. That's how they make money. That's how they survive. Especially if it's a for-profit hospital, not some non-profit public hospital. But I digress. Which is not true in light that more than 100,000 children are hospitalized with COVID and on ventilators. Possibly the most egregious lie of all of that coming from the left. More than 100,000 children hospitalized on ventilators. Where in God's green earth are you going to find someone on the left who is willing to go, damn it, I I hate to be the uh, bearer of bad news here, but... Yeah, you're full of crap. Don't get me wrong. There are a few who are seeming slightly red-pilled and who are saying this. Joe Rogan is not exactly what you call a bastion of right-wing thought. You have people like, oh, what's his nuts from HBO? Bill Maher. Bill Maher is nowhere near nowhere near the vicinity of right of center. Yet, he at least has the testicular fortitude to come out and say, these things aren't true. He has the testicular fortitude to come out and say what is right when it comes to this stuff when it comes to the race baiting and everything else. He's not afraid to say 
the truth. Again, quote from Phil Kirpin, this is absolutely astonishing. 100,000 children in serious condition per Sotomayor. Where do these people obtain their misinformation? The current National Pediatric COVID Census per Health and Human Services is 3,342. Many or most incidental. It's people are willing to say and do whatever it takes to keep power over us. Period. End of story. The only way that we can avoid being trampled on is to find a little steel, put it into our backbones, and stand up. I don't have a big theme. I know there's shows that every year they come out, oh, the theme for this year is blah, 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 blah. This is not a negative commentary on one Steve Dace. But it's not what I do. It will never be what I do. But I believe the same thing no matter what. The only way to stop a bully is to stand up to the bully. If that bully is an elected official, you stand up to the elected official. If the elected or if the bully is a person in a black robe who sits on a bench in Washington, D.C., you got to stand up to them. Now, it's not the same as a schoolyard bully where usually one punch to the nose and maybe maybe a good old-fashioned scuffle will end the problem. You have to find a new way to fight. You have to be willing to, you know, find a way to fight that is effective even if it's one that you know, you're not really sure how to go about. You have to find someone to help you make that effective fight. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's all a matter of figuring out how to stand up. And that is, that's my big thing. Stand up. Find what you believe in and decide, is what I believe in worth getting punched in the nose for? Because trust me, it's going to happen. It might be a physical assault. You literally get punched in the nose standing up for what you believe. That's fine. It might be an emotional punch in the nose. It might be... You lose a job, you lose an opportunity, you miss out on something because, you know what? My principles are more important than caving. That is where I think we should all be. There are a lot of people on the right who, torches and pitchforks, followed by Gandhi. You know what? Forget torches and pitchforks. 
forget Gandhi. There's one way to handle this. It goes back to Teddy Roosevelt, a man who, I mean, come on. He, he left the Republican Party to start the Bull Moose Progressive Party. He's not exactly what you call a conservative. But he walked softly, and he carried a big stick. Sometimes you have to be like, you know what? I don't want to fight you. But you see this piece of lumber in my hand? I'll put it upside your head if need be. And you posture that you're willing to do what you have to. Like I said, don't grab the torches and pitchforks. But don't be Gandhi. Be a red-blooded American who is willing to rain hell if push come to shove. All right. Again, that's going to wrap up this year's very first show. If you don't count my interview with Aswad Khan, uh, please check out that interview. Please share that interview with whoever you can get to listen to it. An amazing story about a man who the only thing he did wrong was tell the FBI, no, I'm not going to be a confidential informant. It's a great interview. Love talking with Aswad. Check it out. Please, again, share it. Uh, if you want to support this show, again, I say this all the time, go to RelentlessDaring.com. At the top of the page, you will see a little Donate Now button. Click that. It will take you to PayPal, and then you can set up a one-time or a recurring donation. And again, you know that comes directly to me, and it goes directly into keeping this show on the air, whether it's hosting fees, whether it's new equipment, new technology, new whatever. It all goes to the show. You also support the show by buying merch. Yes, you go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop. Check it out, and you will be able to find mugs. You'll be able to find hats, beanies. Well, actually, I don't think I have any beanies. I should make some. It's winter. Who doesn't want a good beanie in the wintertime? Or a toboggan if you're one of those weirdos from the Northeast. Yeah, yeah, I got my toboggan on. A toboggan is a sled, not a hat. Let's get this straight. Toboggan is a sled, not a hat. Crazy Nor'easterners. But you can get hoodies, t-shirts, coffee cups, stuff like that. Check it out again. That money goes to the show, keeps it, you know, keeps me making it better for you who are taking the time to listen or, you know, maybe watch this on, you know, Twitter or YouTube, wherever you're checking it out. Again, thank you so very much. Also, be sure to check out on Facebook. If you are a member of the, you know, Relentless Daring Facebook page, if you subscribe to that, guess what? Now, when my podcast posts on Podbean, Boom, they upload onto Facebook. So you can check them out on Facebook. You can let them run in the background. So, you know, you're at work, you got earbuds in, you can listen to it there. You know, because, you know, let's face it, we're all on, we're all on Facebook at work anyways. <laughs> so why not? Why not listen to a great show? Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. 
always ask these four things. The same four things. It's not going to change from year to year. Number one, please smash that subscribe button. That way you get updated every week when the new show posts. Number two, rate it. Five stars. It's not asking too much for five stars. We'll accept four. Anything three and below, we need to have a conversation. Hit me up. Send me a DM at Tyler Produces on Twitter, and we will talk about your transgressions of trying to rate three stars or below. Once you have the show rated, write a nice review. That's item number three. Write a nice review. Tell people why you like the show. Or if you're the weirdo who did like the show and you think that I'm a cut-rate wannabe Alex Jones, well... Well, if you think I'm just a cut-rate Alex Jones, then uh, I'll, I'll find the CIA. We'll, we'll get the we'll get the shrimp without their governors and and, and all that stuff and and the, the chemicals in the water turn the freaking frogs gay. Yeah. Okay. There. There you go. There's your cut-rate Alex Jones for the night. Again, thank you so much for listening. Oh, and once you have rated, reviewed it, tell people why you like the show or why I'm a cut-rate Alex Jones. Please share it. Share this episode. Give someone. Somebody, someone to laugh at. I am willing to be laughed at for you. I am willing to piss off your liberal friends. Send me, send this show to your liberal friends. I will gladly piss them off for you so you don't have to. I am that kind of a friend. I will piss them off so you don't have to. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.